All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode four hundred and two. Uh, Jason Lingren is not with me, which I never say. He lost his power just as we were coming on the air. He may drop in later, or maybe we will just do this solo, or I will just do this solo. Kirk Kallenbach is back. Uh, for everybody listening on the website, if you log in, mouse over full episodes, there's a find a show link. On the left hand of the search, you can use keywords or a number of an episode. On the right, you can use the guest name. The reason I bring this up is because Kurt, at one time, I don't know who's been most interviewed here at this point, but I, I know Kurt's up there in the running. Uh, I haven't counted it up lately. If you want to find old episodes, there's the easy way to do it. That is only available when you're logged in. Anyhow, we're going to be talking about a book that Kurt wrote. And as always, we're going to get into the ideas that Kurt is famous for. Basically, to reiterate, you didn't start when you were born. You started at the zygote and you were granted three things. I used to say we were granted two things, but I've updated that. And I think wisely, you were granted the divine spark. You were granted freedom of choice. And thirdly, you were granted to be the beneficiary of this creation. Anyhow, welcome, Kurt. How are you? Long time, no talk. Yeah, it's been, what's it been? Just over a year and a half, two years, something like that? Well, yeah, you know, I, I have been working on this thing, this, this children's book, I call it. A children's book for children of all ages. <laughs> and I mean, ages, I really do mean ages, not chronological birthday. I'm talking about ages like centuries. Well, you sent me um, some screenshots. The artwork is very nice. It looks like it might be watercolor. Is the artwork in watercolor? It is watercolor. I wanted it to be very simple. The book basically is this. The title, uh, the working title is Darwin Meets God, A Universal Memoir. The book is intended to be able to clean up all the mess that has been created in the fictional realm. It actually terminates the, the fictional realm. There's a, there's a saying, Crow, what is it? Uh, fictio sedit veritatis. Fiction yields to truth. Well, when the truth is known, fictions are destroyed. And this book, in its simplicity, will terminate the fictional realm entirely. All right. Let's give folks the backstory. Everybody's followed the, the wide array of legal or law-based episodes. There is always a fight. There is always a fight between people who have implemented something that's worked and then someone else comes on and says a slightly different thing. Here's what I know for a fact. There are more ways to skin a cat than you can imagine. But what this really comes down to is what the heck is it that you want? Do you want to change your whole life? Uh, do you want to live like you've been living? Do you want to be totally free of the system that you now perceive as for fictitious? Do you want to be free of most of the system, but still use the system? What the heck do you want? What Kurt is laying down here, and you're going to correct me if I blow this. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it my best right now. You correct me if I blow this. Most of us have it in our minds and have our whole lives that my life started at my birthday and at your birthday. We've covered the ideas of admiralty law, the ideas of the straw man. What is the birth certificate? Is there a fictitious corporation? The point is, however you choose to view that, it starts the day you were born with these certificates. What Kurt is laying down is, and I wish I knew the Latin that, that talks about preempting something, Kurt probably does, is that, no, man, you were alive nine months before roughly your birthday. And if you claim that, recognize that, and bring it into your existence, you're preempting all these other things that happened later. How's that, Kurt? It's beautiful. And the first question is, do you really want to skin the cat? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, in fact, there it is, man. And, and by the way, when you skin the cat, how do you want to do it? <laughs> and the, the Latin term, by the way, is X. Injuria, use your just non-orator. Law or rules cannot arise from acts of violence. So if something or a rule has been generated through an act of violence, it's null. It's null on its face. And so when they cut that umbilical cord to give rise to the certificated person, the certificated person is actually void or null from its very from the very act of, of the cut, the violent act itself. So everything after that, everything subsequent to the cut is void. 
and and that's why all of the fictions i don't i don't even address fictional jurisdictions at all anymore because they're 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 nonsensical we get, we we better start defining things because it's been years and people have forgotten you said the cut we're talking about the cutting of the umbilical cord now for those that have followed, let's just I don't want to spend the whole show going over this. We've done it so many times in so many different ways, but people to follow on what you're laying down have to get where the violence occurs. So quickly, Kurt, okay. with, with brevity, <laughs> what is the cut? What, what are you talking about? Violence is occurring. Here's my elevator speech. When baby comes out of the womb, still attached by umbilical cord and extra embryonic matter, to the wall of the uterus. Baby, umbilical, and extra embryonic matter are one singularity, one biology, one unique individual in its entirety. When they clamp and cut the cord, baby becomes an indigenous person on the land, and the remain, the human remains, the cut material, becomes uh, the res for a trust estate, a fictional trust estate, I may add. So again, the duality is created with a violent act, the cutting of the umbilical cord. And that duality is what everybody's arguing about. The reality is, if you're still using the same biology, there is no human remains. And if there's no human remains, there is no trust. Show me the murder weapon. Is that what we're pointing at here? And the murder weapon is the birthday. Where's the body? Yeah, there it is. Habeas corpus. That's why they're not able to use habeas corpus, because there is no body. There's literally nobody. (laughs) <laughs> that's that is classic because when you say nobody you don't think it is there is no body and literally literally what we're saying is there is no body this is all a fiction so this i want to make a point here about tacit permission kurt this is so much of what goes on in our world mr john smith is walking down the street and some heinous thing is done in front of him that is against every fiber of his body He stands there for a second, he shuts his eyes, he turns around and he walks away. In the eyes of the world that you and I exist in, in many cases, that will be accepted as tacit permission. John Smith could have stated, I'm not down with that, knock it off. He could have intervened. He could have simply put on the record in the world, no, I'm not agreeing to what I'm seeing. But what he did is he kept his mouth shut, took no action, he walked away, and the world collected John Smith's tacit permission. Now, whether or not you agree with any of that, that's kind of a lot of our system, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah, silence is truly acquiescence. Or worse, if you're happy to claim a birthday and happy to claim that that narrative that begins the once upon a time um, character, then they're more than happy to go along with that. But by doing so, By allowing that cut to exist, here's what actually happens. Baby then, outside the womb, in the land and air jurisdiction, has been separated from the origin of baby, which is the water jurisdiction. When you're W-H-O-L-E, bro, W-H-O-L-E as in whole, when you're whole, you are the sovereign over the land, air, and water. Anybody that accepts a birthday, or I'm, I'm going to say this right off the bat, Jesus, if you accept either of those positions, you're allowing the cut to stand. And by allowing the cut to stand, you cannot actually exist in the present moment. Because if you have no origin, if you have no beginning biologically, then you cannot exist biologically. And we, the birthday character is a, is a narrative. It's a false narrative. We better qualify right now. Because you said some things where people's heads are going to start spinning off their shoulders and there's no cause. Of all the people I talk to, you know scripture as well as most that I talk to that haven't spent a lifetime with scripture. You are not implying, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making a statement for you. You tell you, don't give me your tacit permission here. Jump in where I blow it. You you are not suggesting that scripture is somehow preventing you from your inheritance, are you? No, not quite the contrary. Okay. Scripture is biological. People, they, they, they misinterpret it or they misunderstand it. But when they're speaking about certain things, it's biology. In fact, what's interesting is I do use scripture a lot for a reason, because I like to use everybody else's positions or words to prove my point. Um, in King James, uh, 
there, Luke 531, King James. Perfect. I'm going to click on it right now, just so I'm reading it. It says, basically, they that are whole need not a physician. Now, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm actually extracting that line out of Luke 531. Why? Because those are the exact, those are Jesus's own words. They that are whole need not a physician. Well, then, if really it makes more sense, then when you go to the previous verse and under and the verse and understand what is he speaking of. So let me go to Luke 5:30, and here's what it says. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And then Jesus says, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. So Jesus's answer to Luke 5.30, where they're saying, why do you eat with the publicans and sinners? Well, first, you got to know what a publican and sinner is. A publican is a Jewish tax collector. That's what a publican is. What's a sinner? Well, go to Webster's online and look up sin. It'll say debt. So a sinner is a debtor and a publican is a Jewish tax collector. By the way, when they cut the umbilical cord, they create both of those positions. The, 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 the publican is the one that carries the um, social, social, insurance, social, uh, social security number. That's the publican collecting taxes as a Jew, the king of the Jews of the Jesus side. The sinner is the debtor, the one that's been cut off from his godly inheritance or his father's name, which is the indigenous person on the land outside of the womb. They sinner, to, to be without, just so everyone knows, if you look up the root sin, Latinize it, it basically means to be without. To be without the father. Now, again, go to uh, John. Uh, uh, I guess it would be. Let me look. I'm going to have I, to make a critical point. So far, you've you've lifted from Luke. And wh- what else did you lift from? Was it? No, Luke 531 and, were, and 530. Okay, they were both Luke. Okay. And now you're going to John, right? Now I'm going to John 1030, King James. And it says, I and my father are one. Well, again, it's all biology. What people don't understand is you, you, you started this. You actually said the word zygote. The zygote is a 46 chromosome singularity that is a product of my dad's 23 chromosomes and my mom's 23 chromosomes. So my dad offers 23. My mom offers 23. The product of that through an act uh, of fertilization, which is an act of God or creation, that's the zygote. The zygote then is it lines up to the masculine, to the sperm, which makes it masculine. The zygote is masculine. What's really strange about this is that it literally is order out of chaos. This stuff is so easy when you understand it. So the masculine sperm is giving order to the chaos of the feminine ovum, and the result is the father, capital F, father zygote. The zygote then produces through a stem, just like any other plant, a fruit. So the the embryo is the fruit or the offspring of the zygote. They have exactly the same 46 chromosomes. I don't have 23 chromosomes from my dad inside me. I have a 46 chromosome unique position. So again, the father of the embryo is the zygote. And John 1030 says, I and my father are one. I didn't say my dad. I said, I and my father. My father is the zygote. When the zygote then gets cut off, through the umbilical cord, I have lost or have been disconnected from the father, from the father's inheritable position, from the father's legitimacy, from the father's name. That's why there's so many people out there that says it's illegal to use the legal name. Not if you know how to write it. Please. If you actually know how to reconnect to the father, you're fine. In Please. fact, you're sovereign. We better do a few things here. Um the whole point of what I mean, what you just laid down is critical at a level. And I have said on the record that one of the most valuable things that I've learned doing this podcast was the information that you passed on to me about the zygote, because the moment you said it, the bell rang and the bell rang true. And then I quickly reviewed through my life, realizing I was in Korea. They realized this and I, it all just started to pile up, but let's get back to the scripture because this is where people are easily led astray because they've been listening to the men in black at the altar uh, who were trained by the very edifice that helped to create the fictions that you are unraveling, just to make it clear. And each of those men in black is working for a corporation 
the speaking dead, a corpse oration. Let's get to the scripture. You first cited from Luke, and that was a critical, the moment you said it, I drew the line right back to where I knew you were going. Luke is one of the synoptic gospels. There are three synoptic gospels. The one that is not considered synoptic was John, which was the second verse he drew from. Thing about synoptic gospels is it basically means seeing with one eye. This is like all the scripture Kurt just laid down. There are levels of meaning. On the surface, seeing with one eye means we agree very closely compared to that other book, John, where it may not agree as closely. But what actually is going on is they were talking about the spiritual eye, seeing with one eye. This informs you that there are levels upon levels of meaning within any given scripture. And by the time you get to John, uh, he just confirmed what was in the synoptic gospels in a slightly different way. How's that, Kurt? Does that? I, I love it. Yeah, and that's, that's the way. why I use this stuff. Okay, I'm trying to pave the way. There's a lot of people that have been brought up and are rightly very serious about the spiritual tradition. The problem that you and I face is what I like to call the men in black. We're not trained as they should have been for the benefit of all living men. What they were trained was the surface narrative, which is the lowest level of scripture you can possibly comprehend. And there's mostly moral stories at the at the surface level. Uh, the deeper meaning, that's what we're aiming at here. Um, go ahead, Kurt. Carry on. Okay, there's two things that I want to really make clear. Um, so it it can it can remove this as a pe- impediment or a stumbling block. Number right. one is the word spirit. Spiritual is nothing more than breathing. If you're breathing, you are inspired, and if you are inspired, you are spiritual. A dead body doesn't breathe. It is not spiritual. It is literally anti-Christ. It's it's not a living entity. Living entities have rights. Living entities also don't use trust, just so you know. Living entities act directly upon their private property. This is where people get screwed up. The Jesuits, the Society of Jesus have a motto. It's called Perinde Akadaver, in the manner of a corpse. And Ignatius Loyola created a system that where they could create a duality to where they could separate your body from your breath or the spirit. And they did it. They well, did wait a minute. It. You're saying that you, so the founder of the Jesuits is who he just named Loyola. Are you saying that you have made the one-to-one connection that it was the founder of the Jesuits that created the basis for the systems that happened yeah. when we were born? The duality, yes. The, the, in other words, the dead body, the decedent estate, the res, the yep. object of the trust is, is the cut material. That's, that's that decedent manner. The, matter. the living being then goes on without his history. He becomes an orphan to his own family. So the Jesuits have figured out a way to separate or divide this is where it's kind of fun for me. Um, the divine nature of man. Look at, I want you to, I want you to try to envision this, bro. I'm going to lowercase D, lowercase I, die, space, capital V, lowercase I, lowercase N, lowercase E, divine. All right. Oh, huh. the vine. Yeah. When they cut the vine, they cut you off from divinity. Your wow. direct link, your direct link to God the Father, and of course, God the Father in your case has died because it does. The cut material is the uh, the font, the baptismal font, I should add. But it's also the beginning. It's the Father that 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 beget you, that beget the embryo, and so by cutting you off from the Father. You've been cut off from your legitimacy. It created two separate positions. This is all fraud, but we fall for it because there's something we obviously want out of it. So, One, so is anyone missing the point before you before you list it out? If you go to where the equinoxes are being represented in scripture, uh, if it's the spring, usually says verily, verily, probably the book of John, you will hear about the blood of the grape and these other things. Well, the vine is what allows the blood of the grape. Do you see where we're going? Go ahead. Divine, Yeah, divine is the vine. Right. The umbilical cord is the vine. Yep. It evidences your link to all of humanity all the way back, divine divinity, but it also is divine 
rights of kings. So when you're cut off, you're also cut off from your own crown and crown is your executive position. Now, let me, let me explain why the cut from the original position, your origin is so important. The, um, I'm, I'm way off my notes at this point. I don't like using it. I've been cut off from my Corona. I mean, my crown <laughs> from your crown, your crown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, your crown is, is the executive branch or what they would call article one executive. Here's the deal is that in 1945, uh, with that world war two coming to an end or whatever, the United Nations was created. The United Nations already had a plan to put the measure the measure, M-E-A-S-U-R-E, the measure um, that would be required to bring you in to the United Nations as an individual. So that measure, that cut material becomes the measure. And you can go into the UN's articles and read about the measure. Which we've covered with people like your good friend, Sui Generis, that that cut material is always measured and weighed. Separately. From the baby. That's right. It's not, and, it's, it's, it's been fractioned away from you. And it's also weighed um, in a different way. It's weighed metrically. So in other words, uh, it, it becomes international. So there's a piece of you that is international that is now subjected to the UN. And then there's you where you are locally or presently, but that creates a false duality that, that I like to negate right off the bat by saying, listen, I'm still using what you're purporting to have possession of. I'm still using it. My spirit, my breath is still using that exact same DNA, that exact same biology that is a singular biological estate. So if they reduce it at any level, if they try to piece piecemeal me, what happens is, is they create um, an injury. Not me, they do. So the, the difference between what everybody else is following is that by admitting to a birthday, you're admitting to the cut. By admitting to the cut, you're agreeing to the cut. And now it goes into arbitration at an international level. You have no idea what's actually happening. You can think you do, but you don't. It's either W-H-O-L-E or no thing. You're either whole or you're not. This is the literal all or nothing situation. Maybe we should say accept. So if you accept the birthday, if you use, interact, uh, I'm trying to think of words. We, we got to try to build the bridge here so that people can get, I mean, it's hard to take fiction and then chisel it into something real. <laughs> well, they, 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 what they do is this, when that biological cut material becomes the human remains, they give a title to that human remains property. That title then is, is, is the fiction. People don't realize this, but they are not the fiction. Their biology, their dead biology becomes the fiction because they destroy that. It's called uh, spoliation. And of course, that they talk about spoliation in, in the Libra Code. Let me ask you a question. Um, like one of the things I'm real big on is I've been covering natural births. From my point of view, it's one of the most important things I do because to me, those are the chances, the improved chances for whatever comes after our time. Now, some of these people have claimed uh, the afterbirth, uh, the the call, the the umbilicus, and there are other people that before we ever had this podcast did that. If if they at the at the birth collected their inheritance, as it's often called, in other words, all the things that are severed away um, from the mother and the baby, that that little group of things that are being turned into the fictitious person. If they claimed all those, does any of this stick anyhow? Yes, because there's a problem with the afterbirth. What is the problem? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, the placenta is a feto-maternal organ. It has two owners. so Mother and, it, and baby. Yeah, mother and child, Madonna and child, Jesus and Mary, Got whatever it. you want to call it. Yep. That feto-maternal organ is it is actually what's known as a tertium quid t-e-r-t-i-u-m space q-u-i-d a tertium quid and a tertium quid is like it's 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 a reese's peanut butter cup it, it doesn't exist 
um, separately from its ingredients. In other words, the Reese's peanut butter cup requires both the peanut butter and the chocolate to be a Reese's peanut butter cup. Which is why it's tertium three, because mother, baby, and the fact that they're together is the third. And so that that Madonna and child becomes a third person or third party. So you have baby, you have mom, and then you have this combination mixture uh, of of mom and baby. And that's what the Roman Catholic Church is laying claim to. So regardless of what you think you're doing with that afterbirth material, the Roman Catholic Church is going to come after your ass, literally, to claim what is theirs. And they call it the human creature in Unum Sanctum. And it's in what I think the opening scene of the Da Vinci Code when Silas, that 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 white haired ghost like guy, says you have something that doesn't belong to you, that's the tertium quid placenta, Mary and Jesus, um, uh, uh, afterbirth. All right, back it up, man. What you know? They want to say, well, we have the Vatican because you know Paul is the rock we built this. What's their claim? What's their claim on the tertium quid? What? How do they justify uh, ownership? They, they've been able to get away with it until somebody recognized what it was. That placenta is me and part of my whole, W-H-O-L-E, and my mom. Now, what's interesting is when I claim W-H-O-L-E all the way back to fertilization, what happens is by saying all present and accounted oh. for from fertilization to last breath, I remove my chocolate from her peanut butter. In other words, in other words, you claimed ownership before the fact, so they can't come in after the fact and make all these claims. It's it's back to the future. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about. I got goosebumps thinking about it. Here's why: because I've just pulled the ground upon which they would make their claim away from them. When I take away the grounds, they have no standing, and that's what this book is all about too. It's it's identifying the fact that. They can never actually bring a cause of action ever against a living man. Hell, it even says it in Unum Sanctum. The spiritual man is to be judged by no man. But that implies life. It, it implies living and breathing. If you're claiming a birthday fiction, you're, you have no breath. People don't understand. I'm going to point this out. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch in a lanai in Naples, Florida right now in the sunshine. It's absolutely gorgeous. But here's what I'm going to get at. My lungs are my wings. As long as my lungs are filled with the breath of God, I can fly, which means I can get up out of this chair. I'm now standing up. Here's what's interesting. I'm standing up, but I'm only standing because I'm breathing. If I lost my breath or if I quit breathing, this body would drop to the ground. This person, because my body is my person. So the person would drop to the ground. There's another way this person drops to the ground. This person drops to the ground, not only for lack of breath, wind in my sails, so to speak, but it also drops to the ground when it's not connected to a spine. It's spineless. So the cut material, yes or no, does the cut material have my spine? No, it's spineless, isn't it? Spineless and it's breathless. So that material, the decedent material, Curtis Richard Kallenbach, for a certificated person, has no standing because it can never stand. It's impossible for it to stand. Unreal. It, it but, is. But if it's connected to me, it has spine and has breath. But how is it connected to me today, 61 plus years later? It's connected through my memory. And now, do I remember being in the womb, Crow? No, I do not. But every embryologist on planet Earth will agree that life began at fertilization and that my that act of fertilization resulted in a singularity called zygote. And that zygote is the father of me, the embryo, with the same exact 46 chromosomes. And if you try to reduce that 46 chromosome singularity, you either kill it or you injure it. Which, I'm not doing that. Which precedes all the later claims made at the birthday. There is a Latin term, Kurt, that you need to get a hold of. And I can't think of it. It's condescendii or something like that. Factum condescendii, I'm guessing. What it means is that this be- occurred before that therefore holding a more valid ground than the claim you're making. Um, It would be a bit like uh, if you looked at math, you got to learn to add and subtract before you can do these higher things. Therefore, you see what I'm getting at? Absolutely. In other words, as simple as this really is, again, how simple? All present and accounted for from fertilization to last breath. That's the end. That statement right there negates everything they can possibly claim. 
we need to make some points here just so for people who haven't listened to a lot of things does everyone out there know what the spirit is in the older more elegant way of viewing our world world before scientism and chemistry tried to dethrone the idea of what we call alchemy now there was a philosophical four element system everyone's heard of it water air fire earth right okay uh, everything within that system has is made up of a you know a, a a triune deity if you want the body the spirit and the soul everything in alchemy can be shown i don't care if it's a rock or a leaf or whatever it may be if it's matter it can be considered to have a body a spirit and a soul now within the higher functioning living things here in this creation the spirit does everybody know what it's for i'll give you a hint it's come under attack but not direct attack you attacked your own self if you agreed to cut off your own spirit your spirit is your breath. Now, do you understand why it was so important? This was one of the reasons why what's just happened in this world had to be implemented. They're cutting you off from your, they're blocking your spirit. And that spirit is a divine gift to you. And as Kurt just laid down, how, how critically important your breath is, because without it, you ain't here. And by the way, even in other things in our life, go into a liquor store, go grab a bottle of booze. What's it say? Spirits. Are you catching on? <laughs> You're, you've been distilled. <laughs> you've been distilled. Here's, let me, let me, I'm going to give, uh, there are three books that are sitting in front of me right now. I talk almost exclusively biology at this point in my life, but I am going to give uh, a, a high five to three books. Okay. One's called Legal Fictions by L. Ron, or L. Lon L. Period Fuller, Legal Fictions. The other's called The Birth Certificate by Susan J. Period Pearson. American history. And the third one is called The Underwriters of the United States, How Insurance Shaped the American Founding by Hannah Farber. Um, I'm telling you right now, if you have the eyes to see, those three books will destroy all of the patriot mythology because this country, so-called, is an insurance policy. That's all it is. It's an insurance policy. And, and the merchants found a way to insure or self-insure, and that's why we're dealing at the lowest levels. Um, they call them the admiralty courts. We're dealing in admiralty courts because there's an insurance policy in play for a specific character. By the way, when you hear the word public policy, they're talking about a public insurance policy that, that the cut material is subject to. And before I forget, that cut material, this is really fun stuff, by the way, Pro. that cut material was subject to and became subject to health, education, and welfare in 1953. Health, education, and welfare. H-E-W. Hugh. Hugh, to cut. To cut, yep. And then it turned into, in 1979, it turned into HHS, Health and Human Services. Guess what? Health and Human Services actually identifies the cut material. They call it protected health information. Still the cut, but it's protected health information. And that protected health information is the insured character. So it's all insurance. By the way, when they forced masks on everybody, that was evidencing the, the, the cutoff from the breath of God. Everybody putting a mask on their face was claiming to be cut off or separated from God. The breath. That, there it is. That was the point I was trying to gently make earlier. But I... I'm I'm not a good person to talk about this because my spirit wouldn't let me do it. I had to do it for 10 minutes and I was so beside myself from having done it just to get a tooth fixed um, that I swore I don't care what comes next. I'll never That's do it again. That's because you, your body, just like kinesiology, your body knew that you were lying to it. Worse. It, Worse. It was, yeah, it was, it was to be, yeah, it was to be. Was to be cut off from the creator is what it was. Evidenced right there on your own face by that mask. And and Debbie by, my, and I, by my own actions, nonetheless. Yeah. By my and own you never did it again, hands. did you? No, my own hands did that. I yep. I took that offer. For 10 minutes, I took that offer. I'm gonna go um to a place right now. Again, 1945, the UN created a measure. It's literally the measure of a man. That's the cut. Now, the interesting thing is that in 1945, a lot of things started happening. The biggest one that I noticed right off the bat, though, 
1946, the Lanham Act. The Lanham Act is so interesting to me. Let me see if I can find it real quick. You've been weighted, measured, and you've come up wanting? Well, it's it's actually... Health, education, welfare, don't need to do that. Lanham Act. I should, before I get to the Lanham Act, I am going to say this, because what led up to the 14th Amendment citizen was the, in 1866, and this makes sense, by the way, the metric system was put into play by the United States in 1866. We need, we, we need to say something. Go ahead and finish, but I need to say something about the metric system. And, and, and nobody knew the metric act was put in play. By the way, the metric act, if you just Wikipedia, I don't care if people can argue all day long about wiki, but there's a statement from John A. Kassan from Iowa where he's identifying why this metric act is important. And what they did is, I'm, this is a direct quote, it's minute and exact divisions specifically adapted to the use of chemists, apothecaries, and here it is, the finer operations of the artisan and to all scientific objects. They're talking about that cut material. The world of science and the medical industry knew in 1773 that the church was using this cut material as its human creature and object of veneration. So the United States was trying to take that back from them in in the Civil War because that's what Rome... The war with Rome was called the Civil War. And so they they cut this material and they tried to protect it at the United States level. Um, and, and, and they did a pretty good job. They gave it civil rights. That was a Civil Rights Act of 1866. And then they created the franchise of wreck in 1868. They called it the 14th Amendment Citizen. Um, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But you so, wanted to say something. So here's the deal. Uh, one of the best breakdowns, I want to say it's Michael Hoffman. It might have been Jane Shelby Downer, but I'm reasonably sure it was Michael Hoffman that defined what it is about the metric system. And I'm going to give it a shot here. But the moment that I read it, I knew it was true. And I would point out that when I was in grade school, my teachers informed me, guess what? Got to learn the metric system. The United States is going metric. Someone up there must give a down about us because to this day, we have never gone metric. Uh, it is in our world, it is in our midst, but we still have inches and feet and gallons. Here's the thing. The metric system is cold, calculated, and without spirit or breath. Now, you could say that about a lot of things, but I'm trying to make a point here. In the way he defined it, it is an exactitude in a world that allows no exactitude. If there's an exactitude, then the creator could approximate or nail it. We cannot. In the older ways of measuring, you might have went up to a horse, and this is what our the, the, the measurement we use in the United States, whatever it's called, I've forgotten. You measure a horse, you use a hand. There is the godly division coming into the way we are trying to measure and describe a thing, um, a furlong, uh, all these measurements that are still related to the way we say inch, and that all goes away to cold surgical calculation when you go metric. That's the best I can describe it. For anyone who wants to get a better definition, I'm pretty sure it's Michael Hoffman that laid it down. It might have been James Shelby Downard. The metric also, remember, is international. And when they tried to bring uh, equality around the world, they used the metric cut to do it. Um, let me explain that real quick because there's a couple of thoughts that, that are flying through my head right now. The idea of equality, the only place crow that we are equal is at the starting line. In other words, at the zygote before subdivision. So once the creation occurs at fertilization, the product is the zygote, the single cell zygote. That's where we're equal. That's the only place we're equal because once evolutionary process begins and sub cellular subdivision begins, we start to, our, our biology starts to take us in an individual direction. That means that, you know, uh, yo-yo ma and his skill set is going to differentiate from me. Um, I'm not going to be a seven foot four NBA All Star. Mine differentiated to where I'm sitting today. We're only equal at the origin, at the beginning, which is why they did this. They cut that material that evidenced our origin. They put that on deposit as the res, the object, 
And they said, this is how we're going to make everybody equal. We're going to cut them all down to size. So they're all the same. They called it, by the way, um, uh, what, what would be a religious term, uh, a denomination. So that birth certificated denomination is the only place we're all equal. And that's how they treat us as equals only at that cut material before we start to um, the, the evolutionary process, which differentiates us. These, these ideas, just, I, I know people are going to be getting confused. It's almost like you could take everything we're laying down up to the act of coming through the port of entry we call birth and all the legal ideas, you would append them right there. So each of the different legal ideas um, could be appended. So not before that, like you could take what KL's laying down. Well, what happened? What about their legal systems? What about this date in history? So I'm just trying to make it congruent so people can see because everybody wants to fight. Well, this way is right. That way is no, you, you're not getting it. Information is information. You have to utilize it as properly as you can. And again, um, if you wanted to be absolutely hundred percent free in this world, I think this is really the roots of what we're broaching. There, the jurisdictions do not apply. I don't care which one you want to name. When you're W-H-O-L-E, they're, they're, all the fictions disappear. That's why this is so important to understand and not fight. The truth has no enemies. Pacifism is my position. It doesn't mean that I won't protect myself through self-preservation. It means that knowing that I am a pacifist, that I know the whole truth all the way down to fertilization, that right there eliminates the duality. The duality no longer exists in my realm. Therefore, there's nobody that's going to make an erroneous claim. I even remove my DNA from the placenta so the Roman Catholic Church can't say, hey, that's our, that's our Jesus and Mary position. Um, the truth will truly set you free. John 8, 32, King James Version. The truth shall make you free. People don't understand that I'm not going to argue with anybody, and it's not about them being wrong. There is only truth, and truth is all-encompassing. Everything else is perspective. When you get all the way to the truth of the matter, which is the zygote and fertilization, everything else becomes, it, it's negated. Man's ideas are negated at that point. I know, I can already imagine some of the questions. <laughs> hey, Kurt, do you have a driver's license? Hey, Kurt, you ever been pulled over and given a ticket? Hey, Kurt, you ever been in traffic court? I there know. I know those questions are going to come. And, and, and let, me, let me explain why they're, they're, they're irrelevant. And, and I don't care what people think. I have a driver's license, but it doesn't matter because I'm the owner of the property. There is no discrepancy. There is some papers out there that says when the owner and the user are one, there is no cause. That means when I've identified my property and I'm, I have this, what, do I need to issue myself a license? Of course so, not. I don't so, need a license to use my own property. Well, uh, it, let's be, no, let me go one step further. In 1921, the 67th Congress actually stated in chapter 12 of, of the congressional record, it says, May, this is May 8th, 1921. And I'm paraphrasing this. It says that when both terminal, both um, submarine cable terminal ends arrive at the same time, there is no need for license. When I talk about submarine cables, when they talk about it in 1921, they're talking about the umbilical cord. When there's no cut, then the baby's on one side, one terminal end, and the extra embryonics on the other terminal end. When they both arrive, W-H-O-L-E, as one unit, the driver's license is moot. I think what a lot of people, so let's say that we can prove that intellectually, factually, I think a lot of people congressionally, say, yeah, okay, congressionally. So, what happens in the real world then? See, I think what people are going to say would be the idea: How do I defend myself with all this knowledge and the systems trying to pull me in and do all these things to me? And I think that's where a lot of people are going to try to steer this because of all the other law episodes. And and that would be because they want to fight. They don't understand that even at the international court level, the only place that they recognize the truth is through pacifism. They call it so, pacifism. So are you suggesting that, that the forceful environment can be broached with this information? 
Absolutely. The guy, I'm, I'll, I'll give you two simple ideas that, that actually evidence this on two different levels. Okay. I had a buddy that was in county jail for eight months. He just corrected me. I thought it was seven. He was in for eight months. Now, what had happened was is he, he was going to DUI classes or whatever. By the way, DUI drunk, uh, driving while drinking is not against the law. Law being land, air, and water um, authority by God, not by statute. But anyway, so he, he, he stops going to this class. They issue a warrant. A um, couple weeks later, a month later, he, he bumps a car. Cops show up. He goes in jail for the warrant. He's there. They don't know what to do with him. They're thinking they're just going to apply the two years of whatever, and he's just going to sit there. Well, eight months later, I mean, believe me, he, he was around for a while, but, but he decided to sign his name the proper way. What I mean by that is by signing it a certain way, he basically signaled signal, a flag of convenience. He signaled the judge that he knew the truth of the matter and that he had equity beyond the ability for the court to hold him. And what? one five days later, the judge with a smile after just hammering everybody else earlier that day says, is it time to go home? And he says, absolutely. And he was out. He was out that day, that moment. So let's talk about the signature. All right. Um, because everyone's going to ask her, you know, damn well, people are going to say, and this is another in Patriot mythology and beyond Patriot mythology. The damn signature is fighting words. No, you got to use a colon. Nope. It's all caps. Nope. It's something else. And so I'm just, let's zero in on the signature. Well, here. It's <laughs> going to be a thing. Absolutely. But I don't even use my own words. I'm going to um, Harry S period Truman, 1945, by the way, 1945. Who was the president when the UN um, brought the measures into play? Harry S. Period Truman. The true man? Uh, true man. Yeah, look at that. Harry S. On the true man show? True man. Yeah. Yes. Then you have something to do with some imaginary nuclear weapons? Well, define nuclear and you're going to go right back to biology. Well, I define it as fraud because they don't exist as described. Episode 53 on Crow 777 Radio. But besides tooting my own horn, there's a signature at issue here. We need to get into that signature. Well, just remember that splitting of the atom is what we're talking about. Okay. And that's the cut. <laughs> Let me be blunt. How did your friend sign his name <laughs> that was submitted to the judge? And you, uh, if, you, if you want me to paint a corner here, I'll do it. But how did he sign his name? I'm going to go to a document right out of the Harry S. Period Truman Library. This is not, these are not my words. Period. Okay. It says... Harry S. Period Truman, the National Archives. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but they, they go into why people even made uh, reference to the period after the S. I call, I call the S the initial period. The initial period. Okay. Well, it works. Not, not only because it's an initial, but it's also referencing a period of time. It's also what you pick up at the port of entry, but go ahead. Here we go. It says uh, several widely recognized style manuals provide guidance in favor of using the period. According to the Chicago Manual of Style, all initials given with a name should for convenience and consistency be followed by a period, even if they are not abbreviations of names. The United States Government Printing Office Style Manual states that the period should be used after the S in Harry S. Period Truman's name. So the United States says it has to be used. It says should, which means shall, which means absolutely. You cannot get away from the United States style manual nor the Chicago style manual. So again, in my case, Curtis Richard, the name of the son, becomes Curtis R. Period. It's going to explain it in a second here. Without, R. without the last name or are you just, are you just cutting off there? Would it be Curtis R. Period Kallenbach or yes. Curtis R. Period? Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. And this right. is the beauty this is the beauty of convenience and consistency. It says it right there. Why do we use it this way? For convenience and consistency? Well, I'm going to go to the word convenience real quick because this is why when you understand the, the machinations, when you understand how to apply the machinery, it gets it's too obvious. So convenience. I'm starting to feel like the signature that we're defining is going to come down to a period. It is. It's going to come down to a period because the period's a full stop, isn't it? It's also a measure of time. It is a measure of time, but it's, it's, it's actual and it's specific. 
and when it's I, also related to the, the the reproduction cycle of a woman in the common vernacular. Yeah, menses. All right, convenience. Suited to personal comfort or easy performance. Suited to a particular situation. Um, Affording accommodation or advantage. Being near at hand, close, suitable, and proper. I'm going to go to, that was convenient. I'm going to go to convenience, just to be clear. I think they have stores that are those. Uh, Well, sort of. Stores. Look at this. Convenience stores. Convenience stores, um, convenience, fitness, or suitability for performing an action or fulfilling a requirement, um, something conducive to comfort or ease, suitable or convenient time, freedom from discomfort, ease. In other words, it's the opposite of dis-ease. And having to work and struggle at something. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite. And, and consistency, let me go to that real quick. They're telling you why you need to use a period. This is even more flabbergasting. You know, I'm going to ask the question again, but go ahead. Consistency, agreement, or harmony of parts, or of parts or features to one another, or a whole, W-H-O-L-E. There it is. There it is. So they're telling you that if you want to be identified with the unborn aspect and the born aspect as one unit, as one singular lifetime, you need to put a period after that initial. By the way, the, the another word for initial is a font, F-O-N-T, which is a container for goods. And of course, what are they describing in that initial period? They're describing the afterbirth material that once housed Noah. In other words, the afterbirth is the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark itself. And the Noah, the embryo that was in it, would be Curtis Richard or Richard. So you become whole by identifying or using this flag of convenience, which is, in my case, Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. Well, it's time for some crow-like observations. So (laughs) a font, of course, comes in two styles, basically, but we could include cursive. And on the face of it, there's a lot to know about that last word I just said. The two basic kinds of fonts are sans. Sans serif and serif. Serif means foot. So sans serif is like saying sin. It's without, without feet is sans serif. And most of us sign in cursive. So I'm getting back. You know, I'm going to ask you again. So you're telling me that if a dude had to sign for the judge and he wrote first name, middle initial, period, and he wrote his last name and he did it by accident, that would be recognized as something he may not even comprehend. No, because the moment the judge asks him a question, if he doesn't know, if he, I mean, my answer to that is if the judge says, is, is, is this always how you sign it? I'd say yes, for convenience and consistency. Okay. So here now we're back. I got to correct you. I got to correct you. Go. If I put a period after R in Curtis R period, Kallenbach, is there a middle initial? Well, there's a middle initial followed by a period. Oh, the period is a full stop. So Curtis R is on the left now and Kallenbach is on the right. Is there anything in the middle? Mm, I guess I don't get where you're driving this rodeo. Um, So you have your first name written as anyone would. I assume you've capitalized the first letter as most people do. That'll start 25 fights. Um, you've put a middle initial followed by a period. Oh, no, you, you've already assumed something that's not true. It's only a middle initial if there's no period. Oh, full stop. Um, okay. I guess I get where you're going, but no, what, what mechanics, the point mechanics, well, the point I need to make here so people can follow along is the KL ideas. Um, in the KL ideas, which have been proven to be replicatable and usable in every case that I've seen, it all comes down to you can do whatever the hell you want, but when you're standing in front of the man, he's going to test your butt. And if you say or do the wrong things, you don't comprehend the totality of the situation and who you are. I'll say that twice, who you are, you're probably not coming out of there unscathed. That is very similar to what Kurt just said. 
because what I tried to push was so some dude always puts a period in his name and he doesn't have any clue about anything we've ever said. And what Kurt said is you'll get tested. The following words out of the man's mouth will determine very quickly. Do you even know who you are? Is that about right? That, that is, but I'm going to tell you, there was a guy um, and I had a, I did a call on this. I have a podcast that I, I throw out there every couple of weeks called why, new. I, I didn't know that. And why you got to mention it, but go ahead. New word, W O R D order, new word order. <laughs> I know. Funny. <laughs> That's um, clever. <laughs> well, anyway, Madigan at the Vatican. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, here's what happened is, is a, a judge actually saw a guy write this and, and he was already pretty much guilty. The guy was pretty much guilty, but as soon as the guy signed his name with that initial period, the judge actually reversed his position. Did he test him or did he just accept it? I I didn't follow up on the rest of the case, but to see the judge, everybody was up in arms because the guy was flat out guilty. But because of that technicality, the judge completely reversed his position. I don't know what the outcome was ultimately, but I I didn't care. Let's make a point here. So let's say there's a secret handshake that very few people know. And if you know this secret handshake and you're in trouble and you do the secret handshake with the authority, um, it'll get you out of trouble, providing you answer the password. When he gets the secret handshake where you're saying, hey, man, I got a pass here. I'm, I know something special. He's going to look at you and say, what kind of a day are you having? And if you don't say the password, Sonny, this handshake meant nothing. I'm just trying to, to form out <laughs> what we're talking about because I know the signature is going to cause so much trouble. Um, yeah, no, it, I, and I don't care because people are going to—they're always looking for some way out. I, I of know. What they're doing. Well, they're <laughs> looking for the magical piece of paper, that magical symbol you can write down. Right, it, it's right. not that though. It, this is actually called knowledge. When you have knowledge. Rather than faith or, or or you're you're throwing mud on the wall, that knowledge will remove you from this nightmare. It even says that you know, for lack of knowledge, my people will perish. That's what's happened to everybody. Does they is, showed a is birth- sweet- Go what? ahead. Well, I, I got to ask, man. Is Sui Generis? Is he? Are you guys lock, stock, and barrel together in the in these ideas? Uh. We, we're, we've been together for a couple of years. I know. I heard just recently that you guys were sneaking around without telling old pro. <laughs> well, um, he, you know, he's, he contacted me a couple of years ago and, and, and he's been pursuing what I talk about in biology. He's pursuing on paper. So my point is, are you guys pretty much in lockstep about the meanings, definitions, and level of knowing that you were trying to communicate here? A hundred percent. So that's, that's a big deal. So go to, hold on, let me do, let me do a search real quick so I can point people to SWE. Um, and then maybe it's SUI, SWE, something like that. Oops, that's wrong. Hold on. It's SUI would be the search. All right. SWE Generis, S-U-I-G-E-N-E-R-I-S has been here twice with fantastic work. I found out a couple weeks ago that Kurt, and Swee have been thick as thieves to make a terrible <laughs> pun. Uh, he was first here in episode 301. What brand is your church and does it matter to a baby? That's the first episode. And episode 376, birthing fictions and imaginary paper twins. You got to respect what Swee's done, man. This dude went whole hog gathering up everything that is generated at a birth, drawing the lines, just covering the spectrum of what happened here. And then when I heard that you two had gotten together, uh, I was like, holy crap, uh, if these two guys are in this together and, and, you know, working together, then there's probably some powerful knowing to come out of this. Want to make the point 301 episode 301 and 376. And while I'm at it, Kurt, since I'm hogging up all the mic time, these are the episodes that Kurt has been on. Wait for it. This is a list. 183, I claim that I am alive nine months before birth. I am that I am. 188, did you come to be at the port of entry or at the zygote? Episode 195, I lost my boat at the port of entry as lightning crashed. 208, are you lost at sea with a ship of fools? 
Some of these are pretty punny. <laughs> Episode two, 228, Binding Systems, Illusion, and Belief Successfully Manage as Most Thought. Episode 248, The Divine Spark is Granted to You at the Zygote. That's the best one. And lastly, Episode 258, In the Beginning is the Zygote, Know Thy Origin. So the reason I'm pointing all this out is because I know people are going to fight about stuff we've said, but you can't fight if you don't comprehend what's been laid down. You're just choosing to say, I've got a problem with a signature. You got to go get the full picture here because I'm sitting here and I can't find fault with it. I'm again, using the Harry S period Truman archives, the United States requires it for you to get into the United States. You're getting this from the true man. Is that what you just said? From the Harry S. Yeah. From the archives from the true man. Okay. Just want to make that clear. Harry S period Truman, the president during 1945 with the UN measure being taken. Here's what, here's what's weird about this is when I say the United States won't let you in, remember the United States and America are two separate positions. The United States is an ideal or an idea. And America is, is well, it, Yes, maybe. I don't care about that shit. It doesn't apply. I I got that. I I went through that 12 years ago. I'm trying to draw lines here. Help a brother out. (laughs) We've done a lot of law episodes. We're talking about the freaking corporation, everyone. But Kurt, just go ahead. Here's So you and I are in a boat. You're in my boat and we're in a bay. We're coming into the United States. We haven't got the port yet. They flash us saying, who are you guys? I put up the flag of convenience. I flash them back. Curtis R. Period. Kallenbach. They see that I have. I am. I have both the convenience and the consistency that's required to enter the United States. They let my boat come in. If that's... I don't have convenience and consistency with my flag of convenience, what they're going to do is they're going to say, you know what? The way you said your name, Curtis Kallenbach, you're missing something. You're broken. You're 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 diseased, and we're going to quarantine your ass out there on the water for forty days. So if I don't have the flag of convenience, they're not going to let me come over the threshold into the United States. It's required. The cut material is the vestment that identifies your ecclesiastical perfection to come into the United States. It's your vestment. It's your babe. It's your clothing. It's the fetal raiment. It's your direct link to God that allows you in the United States. Without it, you don't come in. Your inheritance, and I've got to put a period, a full stop, because we're at the top of the hour, and I might even biblically refer to you as dude Hieronymy. (laughs) I love it. There's a plug for you. Work out what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, that does bring hour one of episode 402. Kurt, quickly run down. Where people run down about your new book, where people can find you. And thanks for mentioning that podcast of yours in the last five minutes of the show. Yeah. New Word, New Word Order is at Buzzsprout, B U Z Z S P R O U T. It's free. There's about 22 episodes out there right now. I put a couple out every every week. Um, I've, I've got almost 5,000 listens, which is very, very good for such a, a short term. Um, the book, if anybody wants to donate to, uh, my 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 publication. Um, I'm accepting hundred dollars in increments of one hundred dollars, and here's what you get: you get a signed um, hard copy of Darwin Meets God, a universal memoir. You're going to be able to use it in your court case. I'm going to say that right now. You can put that in as evidence to the living man, and they will no longer have any grounds upon which to stand. I think that's worth the hundred bucks right there. Um, look for that uh, July fourth. Uh, latest publication date is actually September 19th, which was my previous birthday, just for fun. Um, anything else? I, I think uh, we, we got to wrap here. Go, um, go. Coming up to it. Hey, maybe you should rename your podcast, Dude Euronomy, laying down the law. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just making bad puns at this point. Anyhow, I've got to wrap this up. That's hour one of episode 402. I'm not sure if Jason's got his power back. He texted me once. Um, so we may do hour two with just myself and Kurt. 
but there it is. Um, you can catch the full show, hour two, if you're a member at Pro777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. I'm going to ask her to log in and make sure we've got all the links or else mail all the links to Rose. And Rose will ensure that we get all the links and comments under this episode. With that, I would like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Hope to see you over at Pro 7 radio for hour two. These are big episodes, and you know damn well one of my next calls is going to be to Sweet Generis. There it is, man. Cheers. Is the enemy of knowing.